Good morning. Glad to see everyone here this morning. If you are visiting, we are extremely glad you are here to be able to worship with us this morning. Almost had those backwards. That would have been an interesting lesson. Um, uh, and I see uh, we have uh, old friends visiting with us today. Hello. <laughs> glad to have you with us. We're glad to see you here to be able to catch up. I'm nervous. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you a story. It's a story um, back from my junior high days. I will tell you right now, the facts are true, but I might embellish on some of the facts a little bit. Um, It makes it more interesting. Um, But I'm going to tell you this story. We lived, uh, when I was in junior high, we lived in Dallas, Texas. And back then, um, I wanted to be on a sports team. Tried many things through junior high and high school. Um, But I lacked three things. I wasn't strong enough, I wasn't big enough, and you need talent to be able to play sports. <laughs> and um, I was too small for football, couldn't play baseball. Um, I had the best seat at the basketball games. I was right next to the team, even got to wear a jersey. Occasionally, I got to go in the game. Um, but I ended up doing, um, through junior high school, I did a lot more of track and field, because I mean, how hard can it be? All you have to do is run. Um, but it's a lot harder than you think it is. Tried various events from the sprints, 100 meter, 200 meter dash, to uh, uh, didn't even attempt long distance. Um, I don't really have the endurance for that. Uh, tried some field events, but really wasn't super great at that many. Um, and then there's one particular race I ran in junior high at some high school somewhere in the Dallas area. I don't remember which one. It's called the 800 meter run. If any of you have ever been part of track and field, you will learn that the 800 meter run is a race in its own category. It is not a sprint. It is not a long distance run. It is two laps of grueling pain is what I learned. It's a half, two laps or a half mile, but you can't sprint it. You can't go slow around the track either. You have to find some middle ground with it. And on this particular day, we are all lined up shoulder to shoulder on the start line you know, they do the ready, set, go, and then they fire the gun, and we all take off. And at that point, I remember getting in somewhere in about the middle of the pack, and we're going around that first corner, and I'm doing really well. The next lap is a complete blur. I don't remember from that point, about, a round, about another lap later, and I'm on the second lap. Um, I'm in that, second, that first curve on the second lap, about to come out of it, and I'm all by myself. It's not what you think. I was dead last. And I'm not talking just dead last. I'm coming around the end of that first curve on the second lap, and I'm looking at the opposite corner of the field. Everybody else is already on the last straightaway and coming up to the finish line. So, I mean, I was, I was now running my own race somewhere else. They were running a separate race now. And what I remember is I'm coming on the back straightaway. I was really, really tired. I was unprepared. I didn't feel strong enough. I was winded. I was embarrassed because I am, I mean, I'm really not doing very well, which is completely obvious because everybody else has already finished the race. All I want to do is quit. And I'm on the, the inside of that track, and I'm looking down to my left, and there's the nice, cool, green grass of the infield, and all I want to do is lay down. I just want to quit and lay down in the grass and not have to deal with the pain anymore. 
But of course, the dilemma in my mind is if I take that one step to my left and lay down, I get disqualified. So that is the, the conflict in my mind right now is do I continue to deal with the pain for about another half lap or do I just step off the track and quit? Um, if you read in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne. Our life is like a race. We're each running a different race. We're each somewhere different on that track. At that point in my life, on this particular race, I was ready to be done. I was not, like Scripture says, it's, it's an endurance race. You've got you to keep something there so you can keep going. Well, I, I wasn't doing that right now, and I, had, I was just being weighed down. And as you read through that verse, it says, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. We all know it's sin. We talk about sin all the time. And that part I get. But before that, it says, lay aside every weight. What is weighing you down? A lot of things weigh us down. I've got a list here. I may not have hit everything I could. I mean, I, I tried to hit everything I could think of about different weights we all deal with. And this is where I'm going to start telling you, don't do this. Don't hold on to these weights. These are not in any particular order. This is not from most important to the least. They're just... This is a list, and again, I may not have hit every one of them. I'm sure there's others I missed. But we'll start going through some of the ones I found. Don't think you are not strong enough. Scripture tells us otherwise. Isaiah 40, verses 29 through 31 says this, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. How often do we not feel strong enough to keep moving forward with our lives? We face a variety of difficulties. We face highs and lows. And usually when we're facing those lows, we're not feeling strong enough. Because where our strength comes from is not us. It comes from him. And if we're pulling from that strength... We can overcome any obstacle set before us, but too many times we have it in the back of our minds that we're just not strong enough because we're not pulling from him. He gives us our strength. So don't think you're not strong enough. Don't think there's no hope. Jeremiah 29.11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. There is always hope in God. If you keep your focus on him, you will always have hope in God. He always will work in your life to give you hope. But so often, we don't think about it. We just look at what's going on around us, and we just decide there is no hope. And that's where we start getting to a place where we don't want to be. We take that weight and just let it pull us down. Our hope is in God. Don't think there's no hope. Don't stop praying a lot of verses on this i only picked one we could have been here all day with this one psalm eighteen six. 
In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. He is always listening. There is no time he is never not listening. In the world we have today, we have so much technology, we can get a hold of anybody at any time, most of the time, when the technology works. With God, with prayer, there's nothing that stops that. We can contact him, we can talk to him at any moment. Whether we say it out loud, whether we say it in our minds, that connection is always there. Do not stop praying. Do not stop praying, because when you stop praying, you stop having that relationship with him. Jesus was an excellent, excellent example of this. He prayed constantly, one-on-one with his Father. Don't stop praying. Don't take for granted the relationship you can have with your Lord. Continue to pray with him. Continue to build on that relationship. The next one might take a little bit of explaining for me, but don't think you're not normal. I'm going to make sure I explain this right, because this one was a little tricky. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God created you. God created you the way you are. Everybody has their own concept of what normal is. I don't think there is any one, this is what normal should be for everybody, that doesn't exist. Everybody has their own normal. We know in the last few years, what we consider normal has changed, each in their own way. Everybody has their own normal. Everybody is made differently. Everybody is unique. If we were all the same, do you understand how boring this place would be? If it was all the same thing? Everybody doing the same thing? Everybody's unique. Everybody has different talents, different gifts. Everybody has different personalities. Everybody is normal in their own way. What might be normal to one person might be weird to another and vice versa. And some of the things y'all do is weird to me. Some of the things I do is probably very weird to you, but that's my norm. That is your norm. Don't think you're not normal. Don't think you're just this one person off over here that doesn't fit in with the crowd. Look at how many different people are in this room. How many different people come from how many different places with different personalities, different histories, all coming together for the same purpose. All working together for the same purpose, regardless of the fact that each of us have a different version of normal. Don't think you're not normal. Don't think you don't matter. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are his workmanship. God made you. Craftsmen use their hands or I guess today with technology and computer stuff, but they make things. They make really cool things, and it's amazing what some of them can do. I don't have that talent. I'm not very good at making things. I can barely fix things in my house. God made you. He made you the way you are. He made you unique. He made you, so why would you think you don't matter? He says it throughout Scripture. You matter to him. You are important to him. He wants you. He calls to you. Don't think you don't matter. Don't stop doing good. 2 Thessalonians 3.13 says, As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Unfortunately, with the way this world is, it gets tiring sometimes. We strive to do good to everyone around us, but not everybody 
is doing that. Not everybody appreciates what we're trying to do or others like us are trying to do. And it can be hard, especially when people don't appreciate the good you do for them. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to keep constantly being that positive person, a believer in Christ and God, doing good to all those around you, and the people don't appreciate it. But don't stop doing it. Do not grow weary in doing good, as Scripture says. Do not give up. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. He says don't quit. Don't even think about giving up. Keep moving forward. Keep running the race that has been put before you. Do not give up. Do not quit. Keep pulling from that strength. Don't think you're not strong enough. Don't think you don't matter. Don't give up. Don't think God is not watching over you. Psalm 121 says, this is a longer one, I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved, he will not keep you from slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He is your keeper, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil, he will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. From this time forth and forevermore, God is always watching over you. Do not think he is not there. Do not think whatever struggle you're facing, he is not there watching over you. He is constantly watching. He is working to help you. Sometimes we don't see that. Sometimes we're not actively looking for it. We pray for things that... We ask God to help us with. And from my own personal experience, my wife and I have prayed for certain things and asked for answers. He doesn't always answer in the way you think he's going to. But you have to be open to being, or you got to be open to the fact that he's may not going to answer it the way you want him to answer it. But he's always watching out for you. He's always looking out for you. Don't think that God is not watching over you. Don't be afraid. We are all scared of many, many things. Don't be afraid. John fourteen twenty seven says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is the creator. He is the ruler of everything. There is nothing he can't do. So why should we be afraid? Why should we think that there are things that scare us that he can't help us get through? And there's a lot of scary things out there. There's a lot of things that cause us to be scared, to be afraid, and it weighs us down. They come, they go. They can be small, they can be big. Don't be afraid. When you're scared, look to him. Call on him. Don't just take that weight and hold on to it. Let God help you with that weight. Don't think you're not worth it. The most quoted scripture in the Bible, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He did that for you. If you don't think you're worth it, you need to read that over and over and over again. 
and then thousands of scriptures after that one. He sacrificed his only son for you. If you don't think, if you think you're not worth it, you need to read. You are totally worth it. You are beyond worth it. He gave everything for you. But so often we think we're worthless, that we're nothing. We forget what he did for us. Don't think you're not worth it. Don't think you're the only one. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all made mistakes. We have all made the same mistakes. There is, now you're not the only one that has ever made that mistake. There have been thousands upon thousands of tens of thousands of people before you that have made the same mistake, and they can help you through it. Don't think you're the only one. Look at all the people in the room. All of us have made a mistake at one time or another. Whatever mistake you think you've made, that you think you're the only one that you're having to deal with, there's somebody else in this room that has made that same mistake, and they can help you through it because they overcame that, and they can help you overcome that same mistake. Don't think you're the only one that has this problem, that has that sin. We all do. Don't think you're the only one. Don't think you are alone. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God holds you up. If you think you're alone, you are totally wrong. Because God is the one holding you up. He says it right there. And he puts everybody else around you in here to help you. We are all here to help each other. We all have the same purpose, the same goal, and that's to get to heaven. To be a follower of Christ. To live our lives in such a way that reflects God. You are not alone. Don't ever, ever think you're alone. If you're not praying, you're going to feel alone. Start praying. Start maintaining and building that relationship with him, and you won't feel alone. Don't, don't think you're alone. Don't hold on to past mistakes. Philippians 3.13 says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. We cannot run a race if we're looking the other way. You cannot, there's another, and I, I didn't reference it, I forget where it is. There's one scripture that says you cannot plow a field, a straight line on a field, if you're looking behind. We cannot move forward if we're looking behind. God forgives and forgets. Leave it in the past. Move forward, learn from your mistakes, and keep moving forward. Keep running the race, keep going forward. Don't hold on to your past mistakes. Don't pretend you're not okay. Don't think it's not okay to not be okay. I got that right. I was afraid I was going to mess that up. It's okay to not be okay. Revelations 21.4 says, He will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for former things have passed away. Most of us are not okay. Most of us are dealing with something. Most of us will put a smile on our face when we walk into this building. Someone will ask you, how are you doing? I'm good. And they'll respond back, I'm good too. When in fact, we are screaming on the inside. It's okay to not be okay. It is okay to share that with others because they will help you through it. 
That's why we're all here. We are a family. Family helps family. You don't need to struggle through this alone. Don't think you're alone. You don't need to think that it's okay or not okay to be okay and sit there and put on a fake face to everybody. We need to use the support of the church. That's why it's here. Don't think it's not okay. Don't pretend you're not okay. Don't stop moving forward. Again, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne. We are running this race. The Bible describes our life as a race. We need to keep moving forward because we have a goal. It's to get home. Don't stop moving forward. Don't think you're not strong enough to keep moving forward. Don't think you're alone in this race. Reach out to God. Reach out to those around you. Don't think there's no hope. Don't stop praying. Don't think you don't matter. Don't, don't, don't think all the things that weigh you down, slow you down, weaken you, demoralize you, takes away hope, drags you down, makes you want to give up. Let go of the things that weigh you down. It's really hard to run a race, run a race with all that extra weight. Don't think and let God do. Don't think about all those things that weigh you down and let God do what he can do in your life and keep moving forward. I'm going to tell you how the race ended. It didn't end, well, it kind of ended the way you probably think, but there's something that happened at the end that I wasn't expecting. So we're back on that track. I'm on that second lap. I'm going through the straightaway. I don't know why, but I remember the entire thing in slow motion, so it's a very long straightaway. I am hurting, I am in pain, I am winded, I am weak, I am embarrassed. I am at a point where I think I am by myself. Everybody has forgotten I'm there. I got through the straightaway. I'm starting the last curve of the last lap, and I hear a voice. It's not what you think. It was over the loudspeaker. I hear a voice call out to everybody saying, there is a runner on the track. Please clear the track. My embarrassment level went from here way up there everybody there is now got their eyes on me my whole decision of am i going to quit or am i going to keep moving forward just got made for me because there's no way i'm stepping off this track with everybody watching and get disqualified from the race but man now i really just want this to be i want to be anywhere but right there and i keep going around that corner i'm still tired i'm still winded and if you've ever been to a football stadium in any high school especially in Texas. Football is the sport in Texas. The other side of the field where the visitors sit, they are old bleachers. The home team side is usually a massive setup. And, of course, at this particular high school, they had a massive setup. It was also their locker rooms underneath, so it was very big. And that's where everybody is sitting, all the other teams and coaches and spectators waiting for the next event. So everybody can see me on this track. Everybody. People clear the track. People are like, wait, what? This race isn't over. It ended like five minutes ago. 
And here comes this little kid. Here I come around the last corner, and I'm starting my last straightaway. And as I'm going down that straightaway, I can finally see the finish line. And I'm thinking, my, my misery is about to be over. But then something happened I wasn't expecting. As I got about halfway, I probably about 50 to 100 feet away, I hear something that I was not expecting. I start hearing applause. I hear people cheering because I didn't quit. Because I kept moving forward and I kept running the race. And to this day, that is why I envision it will be like when I get home. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I will never forget that event. Everything I endured is no different than my life. I've had ups. I've had downs. I am tired. I am winded. I feel like I'm not strong enough. I'm embarrassed at times. But I know the finish line is not that far away. And sometimes I get to the point where it's like, all I want to do is step off that track. But the moment I step off that track, it's over. It's done. That's not what I want. That's not what I want for you. That's not what God wants for you. Keep moving forward. Finish that race. And there will be a whole bunch of applause, a whole bunch of cheering, a gigantic hoopla at the end of that race when you cross that finish line and everybody there will be waiting to welcome you with open arms because another child of God has come home. I know at times we lose loved ones here in this life, but honestly, I am jealous because they're already home. That's where I want to be. If you are struggling with that race, if you are holding on to all these weights that God tells you don't hold on to them, let them go, figure it out. Start praying. Start talking to people, other brothers and sisters in this family. Like I said, we're a family. We help each other through this. We work with each other. You are not alone. Do not do this by yourself. Start praying to him if you're not doing it. Start asking for prayers. They don't even have to be specific. Honestly, I don't think enough of us walk up front and say, hey, I need help with this. They don't have to be specific. Just say, hey, I have a struggle. I want you to pray. That's it. God knows what it is. He knows everything. If you are in need, now is the time as we stand and sing.